Hey there, welcome to The Career Prescription. I'm your host, Marjorie Stiegler. This podcast is all about the important stuff they don't teach you in medical school, about how to treat your career like the business it really is, and how to be strategic about your success. You deserve to love your work, and whether that's academic, private practice, non-clinical, or even entrepreneurial, this podcast will help you get ahead and do more of what you love. Every episode is inspired by questions from listeners just like you. So be sure to subscribe so you don't miss anything. And of course, send me your questions so I can use them for a future episode. Are you ready? Let's get into it. Hey there, welcome to the Career Prescription Podcast. I'm Marjorie Stiegler, your host. I'm a physician entrepreneur and a professional member of the National Speakers Association. So I'm here today to talk about four reasons I think you should get over your fears and get on stage so you can use the power of public speaking to advance your career. Now, this podcast is all about modern strategies for advancing your career, and public speaking is no exception. There are just so many benefits. So I hope that you're a subscriber. If not, please subscribe now, and let's get into this topic. So first of all, I'm going to plant my flag confidently here. I really do think that public speaking is the number one most important thing you can do to advance your career. I know it's been an absolute game changer for me on a variety of levels, uh, both financially as well as getting expert recognition and different opportunities, and it's done the same for many of my students. The other thing is it is absolutely learnable and coachable. So if you're thinking right now that you're not that good at it, I urge you to listen all the way to the end of this episode and then decide whether or not you really think you can't do it or you don't want to do it. I believe it's worth the investment to get good at this and to understand how to get more opportunities to practice and deliver. So I am really 100% solid about this. I will say, and you may have heard me say before, that I think it's important for people to play to their strengths, right? To know your strengths and to pursue and build your career around what you're good at, instead of trying to beat yourself up over what maybe you're not that good at. But as I'm going to unpack for you today, there are a lot of ways to be good at speaking, and there's really much more than one sort of definition or mental model of what it means to be a speaker. So speaking has been on my mind a lot lately for a variety of reasons, but one of them is that I am in the midst of teaching this 12-week-long course that I do every year called The Speaking Prescription. So you guys know The Career Prescription, you know my book, The Social Prescription. So I have a few courses, and The Speaking Prescription is one of them. It's open year-round as an on-demand course, but right now we're doing a special live version, which I am doing uh, in concert with the Association of Women Surgeons, sort of as an offshoot of a special speaker coaching program I am doing with them. So not only am I getting really deep into the content at, at the time of this recording because we're going through the course live, but I'm also just so pumped for the results that the students are getting after just a few weeks. And remember, these are women surgeons, so they are not necessarily professional speakers, but speaking is an important part of professional visibility and success in medicine for physicians. So for some of them, they're getting really major insights around their career, sort of around their professional branding, around the way that they communicate and come across and position themselves. 
Um, they're having these aha moments, but for others, they're getting actual opportunities for practice and for visibility. And then for others, they're actually getting paid for the first time. They're getting these paid engagements. So I absolutely love seeing these real results. It's gotten me really jazzed up. And it's one of the reasons I decided I had to record this episode to go ahead and nudge folks along who maybe haven't realized how important it is. So I guess I am trying to get everyone to drink the Kool-Aid here. So in thinking about this, I'm going to give you four reasons, four of the sort of top reasons I think that speaking is really the number one way to advance professionally, to set you apart and help to progress your career, really regardless of your career goals and your career setting. Now, you guys know this podcast is primarily for physicians, but I have said up front that it doesn't matter whether you're in private practice or whether you're in academics or whether you want to have a successful side gig or whether you want to do non-clinical medicine or whether you want to exit and do something completely different. And it also doesn't matter if you're listening and you're not a physician at all, this will still apply to you. So you'll have to tolerate me speaking about um, physician-centric kind of speaking opportunities, but I'm going to try to give you so much more than that. I hope you find it really valuable. So again, regardless of your career goals, it really sets you apart. So reason number one that I think this is the best thing you can do for your career is that speaking is so much more memorable than writing. I mean, it just is. You might have some books that you like or an article that you read, but in general, when you uh, think about all of the various posters that you have looked at at a meeting and the various different papers that you have read and the various sessions that you've attended, when you think about sort of the, the total uh, combination of all of those things, it's usually something that was spoken word that stands out, that's more memorable. And that's important because the next time that you want to reference information about that topic, you're likely to go look for the speaker. You can remember the speaker. You might not even notice the author, especially if it's not the first or last author of a paper and it's not the person whose name is sort of referred to when, when people speak about that paper. So it's just so, so much more memorable. And that's really important, again, for professional development, because the whole idea here is that you do have expertise. You've got subject matter knowledge. You are publishing about things, or you're writing about things, or you at least certainly could be sharing content about things. And if you do, and you have the option to do one or both, people will remember what they heard. It will be that much more memorable if you deliver it in speaking format. So if you are doing these written things, I strongly encourage you to find ways to look for opportunities to present it in spoken format, whether it's a workshop, whether it's a webinar, whether it is a, a podium presentation, it's really, really impactful. And you probably remember when you think over your career, a presentation or two that you went to where someone gave you something really great to think about or taught you something that you just had not thought about before. So it's, it's just so important for advancing your work, which I know is important. If it wasn't, you wouldn't be spending all your time doing it. So whatever you are doing in terms of research or advocacy or just simply the, the types of ways in which you spend the hours in your day, if you're going to bother to write or communicate in any way about that important work, you've got to make speaking part of it because that's what other people will remember. They'll remember it for themselves and they'll be able to remember you and find you again when they want to recommend your work to someone else. So that clearly is sort of an academic advancement view, talking about what I just described, that importance of developing your professional reputation. But if you're in private practice, it can be just as important as part of your marketing strategy. And you know that you build your customer base by getting the word out there that you are an expert. And when people come to your website, whether you're an academic or not, 
they are going to have an additional layer of confidence that you are the doctor for them if they can see that you have written and presented and have some mastery of the material. And what's even better, again, about speaking is that there's a good likelihood that you can share some of that with them, some type of snippet, stream, uh, some type of capture of you having done some speaking or um, perhaps, you know, some portion of a webinar or something that you've recorded so that they can really have that personal connection with you. They're not going to read your JAMA article probably, and it may just not be helpful to them, but you're going to be able to really establish that expertise and grow your private practice as well through speaking. Plus, if you are physically in practice and, and people generally are coming to you from your region, it's extraordinarily helpful to get new customers, new patients, new clients by going out to areas in the community and guess what? Giving a presentation, right? That is one of the best ways and that's right there to your local customers. So again, if you can get comfortable in any one of these delivery methods, whether it's academics, whether it's private, or as we'll talk about a little bit more, even whether it's that kind of side gig or totally non-clinical, maybe even non-medical work, the same principles will apply. Okay, so that was number one, speaking is much more memorable. Number two is that unlike pretty much everything else that you do, speaking is somewhat self-sustaining. So what do I mean by that? If you're giving a talk at a major venue, it's extraordinarily likely that at the end of your presentation, people in the audience are going to want to come up and talk to you. They're going to want to have your, their questions answered, of course, but many of them are going to want to know how they can get you to come to their institution. And it may be next year, it may be several months away, it may be just at some a nebulous time in the future. Maybe they aren't actually in charge of planning anything, but the seed is planted and they may come back to you later. I really can't think of a single time in my entire career that I've given a presentation, except at my own academic institution, in its own department, where at the end, someone didn't reach out and say, hey, would I be willing to come and give a presentation at their place? So, and very often it's multiple people that do that. And of course, the bigger the stage, the more likely, and perhaps the bigger the stage, the more likely to get even bigger events, subsequent events out of those things. Uh, and sometimes it's immediate and sometimes it's months down the road and it's someone that you didn't meet live, but that was in the audience. But I'm telling you, there is something so self-sustaining about giving a presentation and the aftermath of that in which people want to come and talk to you right away, contact you via email right away. Always, of course, make it easy for them to contact you through email, social media, and everything because it is so self-sustaining in terms of the subsequent opportunities. And when you think about it, writing is just kind of not like that. You can have a really great article and it has a pretty short shelf life. Even if you post something that goes viral or your article gets an enormous amount of attention in the issue in which it's published, it still has a pretty short shelf life, sometimes just days, sometimes weeks, months, but it just doesn't have that same type of self-sustaining further work. Plus, when you're looking at somebody's written work, what is the sort of next thing? You wouldn't say to someone, can you come copy and paste that paper and give it to me over on, on this uh, website or in this different journal? Because that's plagiarism. And of course, or even self-plagiarism. Or perhaps online, it's just syndication, but there's nothing new and different, right? That doesn't get a lot of mileage. But when you think about a talk, although you're going to always update it, of course, tailor it to the audience, so it will be a little bit different. It, the fact is that the core subject matter, that content is the same. So three years worth of research might culminate into one paper, but that same amount of work can, can be dozens, if not more presentations. So it's just 
It's got much longer of a shelf life and it's self-sustaining kind of into the future. So that's really, really important. And also, of course, uh, because it is like that, it that adds up on your CV. It adds up in all the different opportunities that you have to share media on your website. And so it not only is giving you additional opportunities for practice and to meet new people and to network more broadly and to have them learn about your work and learn about you and develop your reputation as an expert, because in medicine, of course, that's kind of what it's all about. That's how you get your academic promotion is by being able to demonstrate that you've got that bigger reputation, that it's at least regional, national, perhaps international. That's how you get promoted. And it's also, of course, how you get recruited, how you get your next job opportunity. So uh, self-sustaining, I would say, is number two. Right? Number one was memorable. And number two was self-sustaining. The third is, I think there is really no more desirable transferable skill than public speaking. So when you think about all of the kinds of transferable skills, and these are for, this is for my entrepreneurs in the audience or my folks who want to have successful side gigs or want to do something in administration, in leadership, or maybe even non-clinical medicine or outside of medicine. When you think about what you do every day and the kinds of skills that you have, I mean, a heartbreaking number of physicians say to me, I don't know how to do anything else. I'm just a doctor. Well, that's a story for another day where we could really break down that, but I hear it so, so often. And the, the fact of the matter is you have a lot of skills, quite likely. And if speaking is one of them, then you have one of the most desirable skills across a whole variety of industries. So any number of those things that you want to do, speaking will absolutely help you to get your foot in the door or to get customers, clients, or whatever it really looks like for you in this type of non-traditional route that you may want to take. Now, when people are talking about communication skills, we've all heard that, right? We, you want transferable skills should be leadership skills, productivity skills, development skills, communication skills. When somebody says excellent communication skills, they don't mean, can you pen a decent email? Or a pen is the wrong word, I suppose. Can you type a decent email? Uh, what they really mean is, can you get up in a crowd? Can you represent in a boardroom? Can you get on stage? Can you speak to other people who don't know things about your products, your services, your company, or about the company that you represent? And can you go into a, another part of that business perhaps, and again, represent your group or your uh, type of work that you do within the organization in a way that is compelling? That's what leadership is. That's what all of the administrators need to do to be able to successfully navigate across the hospital system, the healthcare system, perhaps the school of medicine, and perhaps with other industry, perhaps with government. I mean, it goes on and on of the types of people that you might need to be able to communicate with, and it's all speaking. It could be even speaking in terms of a teleconference, uh, but again, that sort of boardroom type of speaking, even though it's impromptu and it's not the same as giving a speech, is really important. Giving a pitch or a delivered presentation or a debrief, uh, similarly, is very important in industry. So that kind of speaking is just ingrained in the kinds of daily activities that people do as a profession. Super, super, super important. Also, the ability to do public speaking and to facilitate a workshop or to give a webinar or to do a video or even to do a podcast like this is a kind of skill that's applicable to really absolutely everybody's business. And, you know, I know this in particular because I know that it's one of the key reasons I was able to transition into a non-clinical role and get recruited as an industry medical director. The people who were involved in recruiting and hiring me basically said so. And despite having had really 
at least to my view, very few of the actual requirements that were stated on the job description I eventually had, uh, I'm fairly sure that it was my speaking skill that got me in the door. And, and by the way, I think it was also the public demonstration of my speaking skill, meaning what I have on my blogs, um, my blog posts, and what kind of videos I've had on my Facebook and YouTube pages. Because this is the kind of content that people who don't know me find when they're looking for an expert in a specific subject area in an area that's one of my topics. Or it's the kind of stuff that they find when they Google me, but they still don't know me well and they want to find out more about me. So they Google me and they see that kind of stuff. So either way, they get to know me and my delivery style kind of right away. It's right there on the internet. So if they like what they hear and they like what they see, then it's very low risk for them to want to reach out to work with me in some way. And of course, that might be, again, to hire me to speak, or it might be to want to take one of my courses and feel really confident that that would be a good match for them, or to attend one of my retreat events, again, or just even straight up offer me a job, as in this one particular case. So I would say that is the third most important reason it is the most desirable transferable skill, public speaking. So the fourth reason that I think speaking is absolutely a game changer is that it takes many, many different forms. And one of them is pretty likely to be right for you. You know, a lot of people have a pretty narrow view of what it means to be a speaker. And in medicine, we often think very much academics. So we think about grand rounds. We think about giving a workshop uh, at a conference. But the reality is that there are a lot of things. Uh, there, there are definitely those things, but there are also bigger opportunities within those kinds of things, such as keynote presentations, right? These are the things for which someone invites you rather than you apply and hope that you get accepted to give your, your workshop. Uh, so there's those bigger ones. And then there are other CME opportunities outside of academic ground rounds and the major, major meetings. When you think about it, most CME is delivered actually outside of that because not everyone can be off at the same time to go to these huge meetings. So there is a huge industry for CME and it is all, of course, academic in nature. And because a lot of it is smaller, smaller meetings, perhaps less desirable parts of the country that don't get as much, they don't have as many people living there or people don't want to travel there otherwise, those types of places will actually pay really well for good CME speakers because they want to be able to attract an audience to their event. So it's just like Grand Rounds or regular Congress, except for that it's at a place you probably haven't heard of. And it's really fantastic uh, to have those kinds of opportunities because they pay quite nicely. And it's a really, really good opportunity to sort of stay in that academic or clinical practice focus if that's your thing. One thing that a lot of people don't think about are professional development workshops. Almost without exception, the doctors that I am working with have sort of two topics at the same time. They have something that's pretty deeply scientific, and then they have what they what they will often downgrade and say is sort of a softer skill um, that they like to speak about. And uh, one of the hot topics I think these days is, you know, productivity is always one, resilience, grit, burnout, gender equity. I mean, I could go on. There's a lot of these things. But they're really important. They're important to organizations. And those people pay pretty handsomely for external experts to come in and do workshops for their faculty. So if you've ever been to a faculty retreat or something where there's been an external speaker with that type of content, you can rest uh, pretty well assured that that person was paid. And even if they weren't, frankly, if that's what you want to do for a living is advance that that message and advance that science, then it doesn't really matter. I mean, as we talk about in the speaking prescription, in my view, there's a lot of different ways of getting paid. So I'll just mention that right up front, right? It could be that you're just setting yourself up as an expert to get promoted for the next step. That's sort of getting paid. It might be that you're getting an actual paycheck. 
It might be that your organization protects your time so that you can go do that kind of work. So however it is that it looks for you, you're still, I think, getting paid to do something that's important and meaningful work. So those are pretty, um, I think, typical ways in which a person could speak, and you can kind of move on up that chain to do those keynote presentations, to do those sort of more obscure CME type of things, and potentially to develop your own uh, sort of mini business in professional development. But the other thing, of course, is you could be uh, a spokesperson for an organization or for media, for a nonprofit. This is something that usually doesn't cross people's minds. And of course, there aren't tons of roles like this for everyone to be on TV or to be a media spokesperson, but especially if you're connected with the right organization that is meaningful to you, it's really important work. It's really, really fun. And again, is a pretty good way to increase your professional visibility and your reputation as an expert and potentially your bottom line, your income. And then of course, there are industry sponsored things, right? So not everybody is into this idea, but you know, there are many, many opportunities within industry. So medical device, pharmaceutical and others where they need physicians to do some of the education and even to do some of the marketing. So depending upon what that is, you're effectively a spokesperson uh, being paid to deliver content that is um, internally created. So created by that organization and approved by them and, and within the rules and compliance required by FDA and other regulatory bodies. But nonetheless, if you enjoy giving presentations and connecting with the audience, uh, then you can rest assured that what's in the, in the deck has been very rigorously uh, tested with again, FDA and other regulatory bodies. So although it's not really your opinion or, or your work per se, and, and in some ways your spokesperson. So again, that doesn't appeal to everybody, but it is consistent with your subject matter expertise. And it's again, a really good way to establish that you have enough expertise that somebody would seek you out and say, we're, we're going to ask this person to speak on our behalf. They're really well known in this area. Right, so that's an important potential benefit, and again, an important uh, opportunity to potentially make money. And then the final way I'll mention is through virtual education. So virtual education is a huge, growing, billion-billion-dollar industry, uh, and it is all over the place. So there are webinars, of course, and often webinars are paid. You have probably signed up for ones that are free. You've probably wanted to sign up for ones that are paid, and then decided decided not to. Other times, if they are paid and they give you CME, you've tapped into those funds. Or sometimes it's just so important that you find that it would be worth it. So you do. It's a really great opportunity, especially because you can create and develop and disseminate your own webinars, or you can be a speaker on someone else's webinar. So you can participate in virtual education sort of on both ends of the spectrum of entrepreneurship, right? You can create your own, or you can just seek out opportunities to be on someone else's. And again, it gives you that bigger visibility far, far greater reach than from one podium to a handful of chairs in the room. And it gives you additional things for your resume and for your website, right? Because these are tangible activities that you've done, again, in that self-sustaining way. If you deliver a killer webinar, someone is going to ask you to be a guest on a different webinar or to come speak live at their thing. So it's that self-sustaining thing. The other part of virtual education, of course, are online courses. Uh, and I have several of my students who now, having gone through some of mine, have their own that are out successfully. It's really changed their ability to get their important messages out uh, and to establish themselves as experts and to earn money. So it's really fantastic. You know, speaking is or can be entrepreneurial, creative, and a lot of fun. And personally, I love connecting with people this way. But even if you don't love it, it's still worthwhile to see whether you might like one of those types of categories that I just listed, whether you might like one of those kinds of formats. 
because they're all a little different. They have different sort of skills required and different levels of, you know, some require travel, some just require a computer, lots of different ways to harness speaking in your career advancement. But absolutely, I think for those four reasons that I have just gone over, it's the number one way to accelerate your career. So whether you want to increase your professional visibility, increase your reputation as an expert, sort of extend that reach and that visibility, or if you want to build something that is sort of your own so that you have more of your own income uh, or income on your own terms, speaking is absolutely a great way to do that. And I'll put a quick note of caution here before we wrap up. We do talk about this in detail in the speaking prescription. Not every opportunity that you get will pay, of course. And very often the ones that pay the most are the ones that seem the most obscure or have the least amount of academic value. So they're either in a small town you haven't heard of, or perhaps they're industry connected. So sometimes there's a trade-off to be had there. And sometimes you have already, whether you realize it or not, contracts uh, or rules through your current employer or your partners that would either represent a conflict of interest or would prevent you from being able to take that money. Or it might require that money to get paid to your organization rather than to you as an individual. But either way, I would say, even if you can't accept the money at all, or you can accept the money only on behalf of your institution, perhaps that can be used to offset some of your clinical or administrative duties so that it really is integrated as part of your job for which you are compensated. I think there's a way to make sure that you can pursue these opportunities and that it works out well for you and for everybody that is sort of, you know, that you have contracts with or or obligations with. So those are my four reasons why, again, I think speaking is absolutely that number one career accelerator. So I strongly recommend giving some thought to whether or not one or more of these could be right for you and then really developing that skill because it is learnable, is coachable. It's, it's something that almost everyone is terrified of at first and that a lot of people remain terrified of, but that you can still learn to do and do well. And if you learn to do it well, it can open doors that would otherwise just never, never be open. Thanks for joining me on this episode of The Career Prescription. Please be sure to leave me a review on Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast player you're using to listen today. And be sure to send me your questions so that I can answer them and give you a shout out on a future episode. Bye for now.